Considering the subject matter of Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk, the hosts recommend using discretion when allowing anyone under the age of 17 to listen. Due to the nature of certain topics, the show may be inappropriate for sensitive listeners. The program revolves around and focuses on the field of paranormal research which often includes sensitive subject matter, graphic material, controversial topics, conspiracies, religion, the occult, and death. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to another episode of the Shadow Initiative Paranormal TV. He is Stephen Lancaster. I am Rick Hale, both paranormal authors, both paranormal investigators, lifelong paranormal investigators, I might add. So, Stephen, how's it going, buddy? It's going great. And I'm glad that you added that lifelong paranormal investigators because yes. that is a point I'm going to be making later during one of our many conversations today. Yeah, we and, actually got a lot of good stuff to cover today, don't we? Yes, we do. And I'm so glad that, I don't know if Rick has got an IV of coffee run into him or something, but See, I like, I like jumped back. I was like, holy cow. Right here, right here. No, no meth or coke involved. This is like pure, strong coffee. This stuff could destroy worlds. Hey. <laughs> Whatever works, buddy. But that was an exciting and enthusiastic introduction, Rick. Thank you. Took me off guard. I felt like I should have had like 3D glasses on, man, because it was like you were coming at me. It was pretty cool. But today, we've got a lot to talk about. Of course, we got another segment of Ghost Watch on the Purdue Chicken mm-hmm. Plant and <laughs> Purdue Predo Place in Cornwall, England. Okay, yeah, Purdue Place, United you, Kingdom. Excuse you can me. see it's similar. But anyway, um. Just when you listen to Ghost Watch, don't be a chicken. Anyway, sorry about that. Dead joke! We are going to talk about how the paranormal has become a fad. Mm. We are going to talk about these groups that refer to themselves as a non-profit organization. And I want to talk about the negative impact (coughs) that comes with that because I have help to operate nonprofits. I've dedicated years of my life helping a nonprofit locally here. And uh, it's insulting to me. So we'll talk about that. Um, what else we got? We've got the, the police chase chasing this car. We don't know if it's named Christine or not, but it vanishes. We're gonna yeah, be, this video is amazing. We're going to be talking about it. And like I alluded to last week, I have debunked it. And I'm going to send Rick a video when we're talking about that to show him how I debunked it. And uh, there was something... Oh, and we're going to talk about... I, you know, I like to say say it as, do old books 
make you haunted. Okay, that, that mm-hmm. it's kind of just the topic there, the title. But why is it always old things? And we're gonna we're gonna talk about that today. Okay. Yeah, so, I got something to I got something to speak to that too. You know, I think I brought it up on the show in the past is the haunted butter churn that I dealt right. with in Lindenhurst, Illinois. Yeah. And it's going to be a great conversation because I don't think you guys at home are are thinking the same way I am. Because this isn't going to be a why is old stuff haunted. It's going to be why is it not. And why Mm. do you think it is. Okay. And we're going to talk about those things. So with that being said, Rick. Yes. Let's. What do you want to jump into first here, man? Well, I think, you know what? What, what, why don't we roll with this? We go with the haunted objects stuff. Because let's face it, haunted objects are like, they're literally everywhere. Right. There was an entire television show that was made on it. Right. Um, so, yeah, let's let's just roll with that. So, so, haunted books. You're talking about haunted books. I'm talking about haunted books. And the reason I, I call it that is because I was reading a paper by Ken Drinkwater. And, and the book, or, or the, the article was, was titled... You know, do old books make you haunted or do old books make you see ghosts? Mm -hmm. And and the reason I want to bring this up is because we're always hearing about the haunted libraries, the old houses, the old abandoned jails, the abandoned hospitals, all of this stuff. Okay. But the point I'm trying to get at here, Rick, is the way of disproving hauntings has pretty much escaped the modern-day paranormal investigator. This is true. You know, where traditional and veteran researchers like you and me, you know, we conduct just as many tests to disprove a ghost as we do to prove it. Mm -hmm. But this new generation, and not all of them, but by large, the new generation of ghost hunters doesn't seem to care about disproving it. They kind of believe it going in, and everything they capture is a ghost, and that's what they're toting, and blah, blah, blah. But... There is a reason that a lot of this old stuff seems to have a haunted story or haunted atmosphere around it. There's okay. a scientific reason that it could necessarily just be something not paranormal. Would you agree? Okay. I would agree. Um, you know, I, and I just wanted to speak something to, to what you were saying about this newer generation because you hear the words... Um, skeptic and debunk a lot, and I think that that I think that that we could speak a little bit more to that in with our later topic on things becoming a fad. But you do have these people that that are in this right now, and like you said, not all of them, some of them. You know, they're all, they're all about using those kind of words, but they're also the same people that say they don't believe in orbs, but then when they see something on video or they put something out there, they get super excited about it. It's like, look at this spirit orb; it's just it's flashing all and over. And defensive. And defensive yeah. when you offer oh an, an alternative to it. Right. And I, I think, like, you know, I won't go into it. You guys can watch our, our first season. You know, during one of those episodes, I told you how I got kicked out of a ghost tour, or a ghost tour in uh, Williamsburg. And it was because <laughs> of the, the lady giving the ghost tour saying that when you walk into this old tavern, you just smell the old old cigar smoke. And I spoke up and I said, well, that's due to the fact that it's old wood and all of those smoke smells have been absorbed into that wood. So when humidity levels change, that wood contracts or constricts, thus releasing 
that old smell. See, I have that. I had that in our house here. Um, the yeah. people who lived here before us, they smoke. And whenever it gets really hot and humid, all of a sudden I smell cigarette smoke. I took a case uh, maybe two months ago. And that that was exactly what it was. And she was, and it was smoke. She was saying, you know, I keep smelling his smoke in this spot. Yeah. This is where he used to sit working at his computer and blah. And I explained it to her. You know, what you're smelling is natural. You know, this yeah. isn't his. I'm not saying it's not his presence, but most likely not. Okay. And, and you know, you you hear this with the old libraries. I mean, even Ghostbusters, that opening. You know, just awesome scene took place. I love that scene. It's in a library. In okay, in a library. So, are books making you haunted? Now, see, here's the thing. When we're talking about these old buildings, these abandoned places that have become these tourist attractions, like we talked about um, your topic from the other week, you know, mm -hmm. paranormal tourism versus investigating. You know, these places... First off, are old. They have faulty, unshielded wiring. You know, that causes yep. higher electromagnetic fields, which leads to physical and neurological symptoms that make somebody believe that they're seeing or experiencing a ghost. Okay, right. that's just fact. That's one of the ways we disprove this stuff. Another thing that I think a lot of people don't consider, and this was the whole point, is a little thing called aspergillus do you know what aspergillus is i've never heard of that before aspergillus is an it's a hallucinogen okay that is a mold okay that, that is commonly found growing on old books oh. okay so okay this 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 particular mold this aspergillus basically contains neurotoxins rick okay okay by touch by smell you can absorb it through the skin so if you're reading through an old book or whatever and, and you know you've seen these old aged books you oh, know, yeah that's got that fungus on it you know that that mold on it and you're fingering it <laughs> you're fingering <laughs> it and, and you know God, we're so juvenile it's absorbing <laughs> through your skin you're breathing all this as you flip the pages well it actually attacks your neurological system. So you okay. get feelings of brain fog, dizziness, mood swings, hallucinate, you know, you hallucinate, anxiety, mm -hmm. depression, seizures, going numb. Okay, this will even cause vision problems. Mm -hmm. Every one of those symptoms is usually attributed to a haunting. Now, my question to that is, is, is this... Would you have to be holding this book at the time, or would you have to be handling this old book or old whatever for long periods of time in order for that to happen, or does it happen right away? Well, see that—that's where it can be. It's too. Um, there's too many levels to answer that question because if the book's just starting to get the mold, it's obviously not going to be as potent as a book that has a lot more of the mold on it. Sure. You know so. If you're walking, let's say, in an old historic library, let's say the Library of Congress, okay, because I did some research on this, and the Library of Congress, they are constantly reporting people getting angry, people getting sick, you know, blah, blah, because they have freaking ancient books, you know, from the yeah. 1700s, 1800s, you know, all this stuff. 
So if you're in a room and you're bre- and you're in there for hours reading, you're breathing this mm-hmm. constantly. So not only is it going to affect you in the area you are, but when you leave, you're you're still going to be feeling the effects of that. You know, until can go ahead. I was just going to say, can you see this mold, or is it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, you can't see it, so it's not like you know microscopic or anything like that. No, no, like like for instance, these books back here are some of my prized possessions. Um, some of them I have completely sealed. You see this right here? Mm-hmm. That is that mold. Mm. Now watch when I go like this. Can you see the bits and pieces going into the air? I cannot, but I'll take your word for it. Okay, there, there are little particles going into the air just by me touching these books. Okay, when you open these up, do you see all that discoloration? Yeah. That's the Aspergillus? That, yes. That's it. Okay. That is all through these books. So maybe your house it really isn't haunted. You're just seeing things because of those books. And I've considered that. I've considered that. Okay. But the visual proof. <laughs> you okay. know, we've, you know, most of the time when I talk to you about something that's happened here, there's usually a video to accompany it. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like our mm-hmm. stuff with the Dybbuk box, um, the stuff with Norman. It's not, if I report something and it's just something I saw and there's no proof, it could very well be from any of these old things that are in here. But these are right, things, right. The, the point being, Rick, is nobody considers this stuff anymore they they've kind of taken the science out of paranormal research they think holding this gadget does it all yeah it, 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 i i actually learned something today i mean I, i've never even never heard of that never considered yeah I, I mean i know that there are you know molds obviously that can cause that but i never even thought of that before aspergillus mm-hmm. put that down in my notebook yeah you know and i, and I thought that was interesting because you know, we do do a lot on this show uh, of showing paranormal evidence or, or what we think is in, in videos mm-hmm. and, and all that. But, you know, part of it, part of us as, as veteran researchers is also educating our, our listeners and our viewers that, hey, you know, there are alternatives and, and it isn't we cut to the chase for the sake of time, right. you know, and, and all this other stuff just to keep it relevant. But. And Rick will be the first to tell you, you can sit 8, 9, 12 hours in a place and that one little maybe EVP that you got, yeah, we're just showing you that EVP and talking about that part. We're not talking about the 8 to 9 to 10 hours where we disproved this, that, the other thing, you know, because it's boring and, to hear that stuff, you know? Yeah, and, and sometimes you have to go back to a place multiple times just just to get something that, you know, could be evidence possibly be evidence because you can always find a way to disprove it as well yeah it's dude being a paranormal investigator is not about scare a minute jumping uh, jumping out of your skin no this shit is boring yeah sometimes it, re- it really is and, and you know it's a stereotype that it's it's got to be old to be haunted that's not true people die every day mm. people die right. every day so it doesn't have to be i've heard of people with modern day apartments I've investigated these places, and they've had mm-hmm. stuff going on. It had nothing to do with something that happened back with Billy the Kid, you know, in the late 1800s, you know? Yeah, well, it, it I've done that, too. 
you know. I've, I've done brand new homes in new uh, subdivisions that are more haunted than some 150-year-old house because whatever is there is there was somehow awakened from the land that the house sits on. And, you know, do, doing this research recently, because I'm always trying to learn and expand, you know, it, it's actually opened up a new way I'm going to be conducting research. You know, when it, when it involves haunt, allegedly haunted objects, I'm going to start taking samples off of these items and start looking at them under a microscope. You know, see what kinds of bacteria, organisms, mold, mildew, you know, the stuff that is on this particular old item, because why is it always the attic? Why is it the basement? You know, this mm -hmm. is where this these molds grow, yeah. you know, and, 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 and start actually saying, okay, this is what I looked at underneath the microscope. This is a mold that can do this to you. Mm -hmm. So it's very possible that's what's happening. Yeah, you get black mold in some of these old homes. That stuff, that stuff can potentially kill you. Absolutely. Well, with that being said, Rick, let's yes. uh, let's not keep it old and mold. Let's uh, take a quick break, and when we All come right. back, I'm gonna let you roll with it, man. Whatever you think we should roll with for segment two. Okay. So you I think guys, I'm gonna do Prido place. Y'all, we're going straight to Ghost Watch. We're going straight to Ghost Watch. Oh, okay then. All right, guys, when we come back, brand new Ghost Watch with Rick Hale. So stick around. Do you have proof of the paranormal? Want to see your story and evidence showcased on our show? Email shadowinitiativetv at gmail.com with questions, comments, your paranormal stories, evidence of the paranormal, or just anything you'd like to see on our show. Your story and evidence may appear on Shadow Initiative Paranormal TV. That's shadowinitiativetv at gmail.com. Cornwall's bucolic countryside is known for being home to several charming country manors with histories as old as the country itself. And several of them, including the grade one listed Prideau Place in Padstow, Cornwall, are known for their resident ghosts. However, it isn't just ghosts that haunt this house. Something evil is believed to call it home. Something possibly inhuman. Built in 1592 by distinguished lawyer Nicholas Prudell, the house has been occupied by his descendants for well over four centuries. Up until the dissolution of the monasteries, the house was known as the Manor of Padstow and was inhabited by the Bodmin Priory. When Prior Thomas Mundy learned of King Henry VIII's intention of seizing the manor, Prior Mundy hit on a brilliant idea to save the building. He contacted friends and family and granted grounds rent and long leases on the Priory's possession. Thanks to the cunning of Mundy, Prideaux Place stayed in the possession of the family that built it and kept it out of the hands of the king. Throughout its 400-year history, Prideaux Place has always been considered to be a place where ghosts were believed to lurk, with them being regularly encountered by multiple eyewitnesses. In 2005, the family opened its doors to Yvette Fielding and her show, most haunted for an investigation. Following a night of long communing with the spirits, the crew discovered that the house was teeming with unusually active ghosts. According to several people, one of the most active ghosts in the house is a young scullery boy in the kitchen. 
This little spirit has been described as six to eight years old and quickly runs around the kitchen carrying out his chores. When not being seen, he manifests as a bone-chilling breeze, swiftly moving about the kitchen and pantry. Upon entering the morning room, several people have been surprised to catch the glimpse of a 19th century woman sitting in the chair. She appears to be sewing while occasionally pausing to look out the window before vanishing. The apparition of a woman in a green dress has been seen on the stairs and the second floor landing. According to investigators, she is believed to be Honor Fortescue, the wife of Humphrey Prideaux. Upon hearing of her beloved husband's death, she decided to join him in the great hereafter by throwing herself from the second floor landing. Although this is the accepted story, a number of visiting psychics have claimed that she was actually pushed and the murder was never brought to justice. Something evil and perhaps inhuman is believed to be in the Grenville room. Several people have stayed in the room, have commented that an overwhelming feeling of oppression fills the room. One guest had a terrifying experience that will forever stay with him for the rest of his life. While staying in the room, he awoke to a horrific sight. A black shape with piercing red eyes stood at the foot of the bed growling at him. Without grabbing his belongings, the guest fled the room and house in the middle of the night. Prado Place and Padstone Corwall may appear to be a seemingly innocent home. However, to all who live there or have visited, they, they know all too well just how haunted this house truly is. I'm Rick Hale, and this has been Ghostwatch. Fantastic. I didn't get hungry like I thought I would. I thought I was like mm, calling up Pizza Hut, ordering some chicken wings, but it was not, it had nothing to do with chicken. Nope, had nothing to do with chicken. Now here's the interesting thing: this place has has a library, and undoubtedly, I'm sure there are very very old books in this library. You know, considering the fact that the house was built in 1592. So you kind of got to wonder. See, now now it's like I have to wonder with these old places in England, these old castles and old manor homes. Um, is it possible that these old books in these libraries are, are putting out some kind of neurotoxin that's freaking people out? It, it's, it certainly would appear that way. However, at the same time, you have people who are seeing the same thing over and over and over and over again. So, you know, maybe the house really truly is haunted. It's a beautiful home. I suggest anybody look it up and, you know, check out pictures. And you know what? what's completely funny about this mold conversation and the fact that I am now adding this to my repertoire uh, of things I examine during an investigation mm -hmm. is that this has been right in front of our faces since 1984. Yeah. What did Egon collect in Ghostbusters? Spores, molds, and fungus. Why was he doing that? Now we know why. Yeah. I mean, you, know, cons you know, considering the fact it was Dan Aykroyd and Dan Aykroyd coming from a long line of some of, some of Canada's greatest parapsychologists and psychical researchers, maybe he knew that and added it in there. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. So, with that being said, Rick, got some, yes. big, got some big news here. 
Ooh, big news. Love big news. Got some big news for our shadows, for, for, for our listeners, for our viewers. And if you guys haven't noticed, this episode I have referred to listeners. I have referred to viewers. And the reason being is that this show is officially about to be taking on podcasting. So, those of you out there listening to our podcast, the video version is available where you can see us, see the videos we are, we are talking about. Um, basically, it's a paranormal talk TV show. Um, if you're just mm-hmm. listening to the podcast, it's just a paranormal talk show. Um, but we are expanding. And when I say we are expanding, Rick, we are expanding. Okay. Vastly. Okay. So okay. vastly, I have to bring up the list. Okay. Nice. The list. In October, I'm not sure of the exact date, Rick, but these are big names, sir. Mm-hmm. Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk will be available on Apple Podcasts. Oh, yes. Google Podcasts. Yes. Spotify. Okay, sounds good. Amazon Amazon Music. All right. Pandora. Okay. Stitcher. iHeartRadio. And... God knows about 30 others. But those were the big, you know, those are the big players in the industry. Love it. I love every, I love everything you just said. And every episode will be uh, available as a podcast. Our, our entire season one, that's what's going to launch this podcast thing. I've already started on it. Um, I worked on a little bit more this morning. And... Uh, some point in October, we'll make a big announcement that this stuff's available. So you guys that are the podcast listeners, because um, you're going to be hearing this after it's already <laughs> happened, um, you can come to YouTube at the Label 13 channel and actually watch. Or to make it easier, just go to shadowinitiativetv.com and bam, there's the video versions of what you are listening to. Yeah, so I mean, and we, we do we do a lot of visual stuff on this show you know like with the videos and you do um haunted um haunted salvage so it's like when you listen you're going to be like oh man what is he showing what are they talking about you can come right to the video at youtube or at our website and there it is and and you know for us to be accepted to the four main players the apple podcast google podcast spotify and amazon music um that didn't come easy so I'm sure I it mean, did not. So th- thank you. Yeah, those are the four big ones, and we're we're about to be a part of it. So just wanted to throw that out there. With that being said, we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, we're gonna talk the fad that is the paranormal field and paranormal nonprofits. And later in the show, we've got a really interesting video to show you of a police chase where this cop is chasing a ghost, or is he? Because the car disappears. So, all of that and more when we come back. Hey, my friends. Catch up on Shadow Initiative Paranormal TV at our official website, shadowinitiativetv.com. Watch the show, learn more about the hosts, and read our paranormal blog. 
ShadowInitiativeTV.com. You can also find us and subscribe on YouTube at youtube.com slash label13videos. Interact and like us at Facebook at facebook.com slash shadowinitiativeparanormaltv where you can find endless videos, full episodes, paranormal talk, and so much more. And welcome back to the to our show, your show. <laughs> Shadow Initiative Paranormal TV. He is Stephen Lancaster. I am Rick Hale. Thank you so much for sticking around with us. So we got some really, really interesting stuff to talk about here. We're going to be talking about two subjects. They pretty much go hand in hand. Um, we're going to be talking about uh, the paranormal as a fad. And we're going we're to go into talking about uh, nonprofits. So, Stephen, this is your baby. You run with it. You go. Well, you know, we, we've always made fun of the paranormal teams that, that try to make themselves look like a metal band. You know, we've, we've made <laughs> jokes about that all the, yes, all the time. The arms crossed, they're in all black, you know, man, you can't, you don't know, man, if they're about to bust out Master of Puppets or, or you know, they're going <laughs> to go investigate a ghost. You know, and that's okay, you know, that, that's okay. And, and, you know, some people kind of hate on uh, the t-shirts or, or uniform. I'm not, mm -hmm. I'm not one of them because I, I think it, it brings a level of professionalism. You know, yeah, yeah, I've got the T-shirts, but when we investigate, we've got collared shirts. That that yeah, that same here. is logos embroidered. You know, it, it's like a business, but not a business. You know, but we'll mm -hmm. get to that part. Uh, but it, the fad thing, it, it's it it's become the the paranormal has become a money making machine. Oh, it's it's grown into this huge industry huge industry and the industry has nothing to do with science okay it has nothing to do with science these tv shows you know it's like you hear all these people this guy's the greatest paranormal investigator on such and such show or this guy is or this girl is but nobody's contributing anything to science when does mm -hmm. somebody step back and say okay what if they contributed to science all they've done is accept a paycheck for being on a TV show. They have contributed nothing to the research field. Zero. Okay. Well, you you know you you also have a lot on a lot of these shows too. You have people that they they actually have IMDb pages. You can go and it says actor on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, real 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 investigators and researchers are not actors. No. <clears throat> So, but the fad thing, you know, it, it's, it's like, oh, look at what piece of equipment I got. And it, it's mm -hmm. like, you look at this person, or you know this person, okay, who didn't even graduate high school, you know, and, and, and I'm not making fun of people that, that didn't, okay, but mm -hmm. you're telling me you have bought this high-tech scientific equipment, and I'm to believe your interpretation of it when, right. when you can't even add you know it, it's it's a fad it, it, it's the weekend warriors as i call them 
you yeah. know, hey guys, let's all get together and go out to this fort, and I got me a K2 meter, and we'll, we'll all dress black, and, and blah, 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 you know. You know, Stephen, I, I think that you'll agree with this. When, when you and I started um, investigating and reading up on the paranormal, I know I myself, I thought I was the only person doing this that didn't have a PhD attached to their name. Mm -hmm. And some of those people being, you know, like Hans Holzer or, um, uh, you know, J.B. Ryan, you know, the, these, these were um, eminent scholars, not just in the area of the paranormal, but in other areas as well. And I honestly thought that I was like the only person that was going to people's homes. And it was like, I'm just a dude with a high school diploma. But then something happened. 2004 hit, and the show Ghost Hunters was put on television. And this kind of snowballed. It, it, it showed normal, everyday people out there investigating ghosts. Now, I know I myself, I was really excited when this show first came on. I'm like, oh, hey, this is awesome. This is showing something that I've already been doing for like, 13 years at that time investigating hauntings but i think that's what it did this like it opened up people like normal everyday people who didn't have phds attached to their names or some kind of advanced degree to be able to go out there and do their and, and hunt ghosts and the tv shows were were a huge part of that and not only did it um open up people's eyes that this kind of thing that these kind of things exist but it also opened up that hey you too can go out there and hunt ghosts and then it just snowballed from there well, I think you're absolutely right, and, and I, I will agree on, uh, with Ghost Hunters on, on, on two accounts. One, you know, it brought what we did normally into the limelight. Into the mainstream. Right. That was either going to be a good or bad thing. We know now it, it ultimately became a bad thing. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it opened that door to the... The fanboys, fangirls, whatever you want to call it. The people who all of a sudden saw it and like, I want to do that. Yeah. You know, it makes, I always use the example. It made me think of the first time in 1984 when I bought Ride the Lightning from Metallica. Mm -hmm. I, I was like, oh man, you know, and I've got my little guitar and I'm trying to learn these parts. I wanted to be a rock star. Yeah. Because I saw it. You know, yeah. I never thought that until I saw Metallica. And I was like, yes, I have got to play the guitar. Now, I spent my life playing the guitar. That's something I've stuck with. But mm -hmm. I think the same thing happened with the Ghost Hunters is they became the Eddie Van Halens of paranormal research to mm -hmm. where they created all of these people playing air guitar. Now, you know what, before we go any further, I just want to, I, I want to clarify something. Obviously, there's nothing wrong with normal, everyday people doing this. No, no. So, yeah, I, I, want, I wanted to clarify that because I don't want people thinking that we're being elitist snobs on the no, show. not at all. So I not just wanted all. to clarify that. Yeah, thank you for doing that because I, I, I didn't even think about it. But, yeah, you know, it, it's mm -hmm. not the case. It's the, the, the I, I don't know what Rick thinks, but my point is, is there is a difference and a level of, respect and professionalism with people like Rick and myself, you know, versus somebody who got cast in a reality TV show that's not even reality. It's mm -hmm. like, why are you taking that person's opinion who never even really did it until that show? Yeah. 
you know, over the people who have. Be, why? Because those people are telling you what you want to hear. Yeah. We're See, now not. here's the interesting – right. Now, he, now I, I want to speak a little bit more to that. Um, somebody that I, that I know who was involved in paranormal television, you know, really kind of opened my eyes to the way that the whole thing is done. Um, you, they put out casting calls out there. And anybody can go on these things. Like, you know, like I said, a lot of these people have, have IMDb pages that they're actors. They've been in movies. Uh, one of the guys that I'm thinking of is uh, Mustafa Gadalori. He's on the newer version of Ghost Hunters. Mm -hmm. That guy's been in movies and television shows and mm -hmm. in commercials and stuff like that. He is a legit actor. But he also does have a, an interest in this as well. So, and that's awesome if he does. But this person that I know told me that they put out these casting calls and they get a bunch of people together and they put them together to see how they look together. If they look good together, boom, we're going to put it out. We're going to put that television, we're going to put them on television and make them look like experts. But if it's, you know, like a bunch of, you know, overweight, ugly people that they view as being that way, um, they're not going to put them on television. So right now it is about who looks the best and it doesn't matter their knowledge um, and their experience. That, that doesn't matter anymore. That's what the fad has caused. Yeah, well, it's like, like me and a lot of my colleagues, we refer to it as the boy band syndrome. Mm -hmm. the, the, these NSYNCs and, 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 you know, whatever the rest of them are, you know, they, they were manufactured. You were picked for because you looked like this. You were picked because you looked like this. You were picked because you looked like this. Blah, 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 blah. Here's your boy band. Okay? Yeah. Manufactured. The same exact thing happens with these ghost hunting shows. The right. same exact thing. And that's part of the fat. You know, it's like they... Because, I mean, seriously, they say that not many people, and I'm saying they say, these are the producers of the television shows... They don't want you looking at ugly people on television or average everyday people. They don't want you looking at that. They want you looking at physically appealing people. And, and it, like I said before, it doesn't matter if they have experience. It doesn't matter if they have knowledge. They give that illusion of it on television. Well, take they tell you this person's an, they, they tell you this person's an expert and then go from there. Well, take take Ghost Hunters, for instance. You know, the first two seasons weren't all that bad because it was a lot like what you and I do. Mm -hmm. Okay, but you had... I, I called it the, the Laurel and Hardy syndrome. Mm -hmm. Okay, you okay. had Jason and Grant. Laurel and Hardy. Okay, yeah. you had the tall, lanky guy, and then you had the fat, balding guy. Mm -hmm. Right? Well, after season two, the network realized, like, hey, this isn't going to work forever. Jason, you need to get your ass in damn shape. And what yes, did Jason do? That. He went from the fat, bald guy to working out every day. You know, Grant eventually left. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? So people don't realize it's 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 a business. It yes. is a business that does not care about your feelings. But let's take a quick break because we're at that well, mark. I, I just want to say this. We're, we're, we're probably going to get people who are going to hate hearing this. So if you have any hate mail, if you have any hate messages, make sure you send them to Stephen, not me. <laughs> Actually, all, I, I didn't even tell you, Rick. Um, 
all of our hate mail now is being forwarded to Canada. It's terrykodnig at gmail.com. So oh, yeah. Send it, send it to him. Yeah. Let, let him handle it. <laughs> so, <laughs> guys, we'll be right back with paranormal nonprofits in a police chase with a ghost. So stick around. Get with the goat and sell your soul at the Cut Your Heart Out design and fashion store. Visit CutYourHeartOut.Threadless.com to discover everything horror, dark, and occult-related when it comes to walking with the shadows in style. Browse her art and find some sinister offerings to fill your home, spirit, and wardrobe. Greeting cards, blankets, clothing, masks, and everything your wicked heart desires. CutYourHeartOut.Threadless.com And be sure to like them on Facebook at facebook.com slash cutyourheartout.fashion If you are dead on the inside, wear it proudly on the outside. Alright ladies and gentlemen, we are back to Shadow Initiative Paranormal Television with author and paranormal investigator Rick Hale and this guy Stephen, the man of legend. But yeah, in his own mind. So. In my own mind. Percent. And my dog. My dog. He, he thinks I'm a legend too. So. That's what is mine? I want to talk about, and it's it kind of is an extension of this paranormal fad, but mm -hmm. these paranormal groups referring to themselves as a nonprofit organization. Right. Now, you know, I've, I've actually heard this. I mean, people are like, well, we're a nonprofit organization. So th to them, their idea of a nonprofit organization is, is we don't charge anything. Right. Now, but they, a lot more goes into it. A lot more does go into it. What bothers me is when you go to, let's say, Team Phantom's uh, Facebook page. And they yeah. have it right there in their About Me section. We are a 501c3 nonprofit organization. The fuck you are. <laughs> you are goddamn liars, is what you fucking are. Okay? Right. And you've just committed right. a crime. Oh, I didn't know that that was It is a, crime. a federal crime. It is a federal crime to misrepresent yourself as a nonprofit. You're, you're considered being fraudulent. It's okay. fraud. Okay? You have to be registered by the state and by, you know, federally registered to have a 501c3. If you mm -hmm. have a 501c3, you are paying taxes. Mm -hmm. You are paying yeah. taxes. Okay, these groups, I have yet to come across one that actually is legitimately a 501c3 nonprofit organization. I have never met one. Now, met I, dozens who claim to be nonprofit. I knew of a group who I will not mention, but I knew of a group in Wilmington, North Carolina, their Facebook page, 501c3 Nonprofit. Their website, down there next to their copyright, 501c3 Nonprofit. They got busted. Oh. They pissed off the wrong people, and somebody turned their ass in to the, uh, who was, I'm trying to think of the name of the place. There's a place you can actually turn in fraudulent people. That, that okay. are pretending to be a nonprofit. There is an actual business dedicated to outing these people and basically pressing charges and fines and all this other stuff. 
Okay. Mm -hmm. First off, I don't understand the logic behind even calling yourself a nonprofit. All you have to do is say we do not charge for investigations. Right. But the thing is, is like your average everyday person, they're not going to look that up. They're not going to understand that there is a law and that people are committing fraud by referring to themselves as that. Right. So essentially what it what it is for the people who, who are doing it for nefarious purposes, let's say. Okay, mm -hmm. so they get to the client's house. Yes, we do accept donations because we're a nonprofit. Mm -hmm. So then these clients think, okay, well, here's $100 for your time. Mm -hmm. That $100 needs to be taxed. Yeah. That $100 needs to be reported. Mm -hmm. There is that, just like you're running a business, a nonprofit organization is run exactly the same. It's run exactly the same. You have accounting, you have your treasurer, you have to have a board of directors. I know because I was on one. Okay. Okay. The Neighbors for Neighbors Foundation. I, I was their treasurer and their marketing director on the board of directors. You legally have to have a designated board of directors logged with the state. And okay. these decisions have to be made by your board of directors. You have to pay taxes. Okay, blah, 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 blah. None of these groups are doing any of that. And they and it, it varies by state, but I know the group that got nailed in uh, Wilmington. Wilmington. Okay. Each of them. There were seven of them. Each of them was hit with 18 months of jail time Whoa. and a fine of $25,000. Oh, my God. You know, I'm sorry, but hunting ghosts is not worth going to jail for 18 months. Now, I want you groups Holy out there to shit. really think about it. What is there to gain by calling yourself a nonprofit? If if it's it's so you can launder money, because if mm. you're calling yourself a nonprofit, you are falsely representing something to clients. So when they donate something to you, or they pay for your hotel room, or or whatever, they think they're doing it on behalf of a nonprofit. Oh my God! Yeah. Okay. Wow. And so you you are being fraudulent. Okay. If you're doing it just to make yourself look good that just doesn't make sense to me either simply saying we do not charge for investigations or our services is fine yeah and see and now it's interesting because this goes back to what we were talking previously about the fad and about the television shows because ghost hunters they were you know we will not charge you a dime if we come to your home i can't remember if they actually used the term nonprofit, but I think that people took that and ran with it and then started calling it, we are a nonprofit organization. But, uh, yeah, I mean, 18 months in jail and a $25,000 fine. And that was with attorneys, you know, so oh. that's not the cap. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, they could have gone to jail for a lot longer than that. And, you know, they, they might maybe they didn't have any priors or anything like that. So I'm sure there was a lot of... Um, is the TAPS website not a thing no more? I Did you not find it? That's what I'm looking for. Well, I don't think really, like, technically TAPS is a thing anymore. I, I mean, that was just because of the television show. Now they now they both splintered off. You got Jason doing Ghost Nation, and then you got Grant doing, you know, the latest 
iteration of Ghost Hunters. Well, the thing is, they I they had an actual website. Oh yeah, and you could you could go on it and you could become a a family member and yeah. all that. And it there it is, helping families since 1990. Let's see what they say on their site. Okay. Okay. There's nothing but Ghost Hunter stuff. Ghost Hunter stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay. Down here at the bottom. Let's look at About Us. I'm not seeing anything. We've got TAPS, all rights reserved. It's a registered U.S. trademark. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm not seeing anything mentioning a nonprofit. Okay. All right. So then, yeah, they never actually used that. But like I said people heard that we don't charge you a dime and then ran with it and decided to start using the fancy term of nonprofit organization. Right. Yeah. So there you go. I mean, TAPS, like it or not, is one of the more well-known largest groups out there. Mm -hmm. and, and they're about making money. The fact that they, that they have the Atlantic Paranormal Society trademarked means they are making money. TAPS I... is a business. I forgot that it meant that, the Atlantic Ter Atlantic Paranormal Society. I completely forgot about that, that it meant that. Yeah, so they're, they're, they're a money-making business. So they, mm -hmm. they can't say they're, they're a nonprofit. But right. that was interesting. I wanted to look that up. So, you know, again, I just wanted to say, if you have any hate mail, if you have any, you know, hate messages, send them to Terry Koenig. He'll take care of it. <laughs> <laughs> So, Rick, with that being said, let's move. I know everybody's waited to, um, uh, for you podcast listeners, again, visit shadowinitiativetv.com to see what we're talking about. Um, for you guys sitting here at YouTube watching our ugly mugs, we're going to talk about a video that circulated the internet for quite some time. Mm -hmm. It made countless news broadcasts. This is a video from a dash cam um, in Garden City, from Garden City Police Department, um, of a police chase. And we've got the video on the screen. This is the actual unedited video from uh, law enforcement's uh, dash cam. And it seemingly shows this car vanish beyond a fence. The cop car stops because a fence is there. And beyond the fence, that car just keeps on going. Yeah, you can still see the, you can still see the, uh, the running and brake lights. You know, pulled a David Copperfield, went right through the fence. So... Mm -hmm. You've seen the video that I've sent you proving that it was nothing paranormal, but up until then, you know, what did you think about that, Rick? Well, I'm going to be honest with you. When I first saw that video, like, over 10 years ago, I want to say, um, I was, like, I was completely blown away by it. Completely blown away. I'm like, okay, this is something that really went through this fence, didn't go over it, didn't go under it, went through it. And, I, and if, I, if I remember correctly, this was actually featured on uh, the television show Fact or Fantasy, Fact or Reality. Oh, it was one of fake. those Fact or Fake, that's it, yeah. Um, it was shown on that. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, this, this blew me away. But I've also seen the video where you point out that this is not a ghostly vehicle. Yeah, and I'll admit, too, when I saw it, I was like, Whoa. You know, and it doesn't help that this is a very old recording. And right. it looks like it was actually recorded on tape. 
Mm-hmm. I, I think this is well before digital recordings were used um, with body cams and dash cams and stuff. Yeah. Um, so this looks like an actual tape. So it's distorted. You know, that, that was kind of one like, ah, God, you know. But me being me, I, I analyzed it, cleaned it up to the best of my ability. And now the video you guys are seeing on your screen is pretty much up to the point where the co- the, the car... The, the criminal, whatever you want to call it, veers off, the cop car turns, and by the time the cop car it turns, the the getaway car is in the distance past the fence. Mm-hmm. But when you slow that down and examine the fence, you know, you have your two posts and that bar that goes across the top of the fence. When you pause it, you can clearly see that that top bar is not connected to this post over here. It's actually that, yeah. hanging. And and the chain link is kind of bent over. So it's not the chain link getting connected on this side. It, the chain link kind of goes up and reconnects over here into this pole. So the car just pushed right through it. And then it, yeah. the, the, that, then it flew back into what looks like a set position. But when you look at where I paused it with the little arrow, um, you can clearly see there's a gap. And I'm sure the officer knew that, too. He just wasn't going to take his patrol car through it and fuck it up. Right. <laughs> you know, scratch it all to hell. Has has this, has has the police station ever commented on this? Not that I'm, all I could find were the old original broadcasts mm-hmm. where they were talking about it. Um, and, and these same cops um, talking about their station being haunted. And okay. showing really grainy, pixelated videotape surveillance of stuff that happened in the jail, you know, and all that stuff. But I, I haven't seen anything out there that really took the time like we did. But you got to look at the time that this came out and made the news. You know, there wasn't the technology that we have now to do what I just did in the video you guys saw. Yeah. But with that being said, man, you guys saw it. Sorry, it wasn't actually a ghost car. Um, yeah, sorry. So sorry, sorry, sorry to burst everybody's bubble. We're gonna take a quick break. Come back. Wrap up this shenanigan. What are we, we're episode twenty-one, Rick? Twenty-one. We, we lasted this long. Yes. That's what she said. Wow. So <laughs> you guys hang out. We come back. We'll close out the show. So stick around. Do you enjoy reading about the paranormal? Check out the highly rated literary works from us, the hosts of Shadow Initiative TV. Paranormal investigator Rick Hale offers you the geek's guide to the strange and unusual, poltergeists, ghosts, and demons. Bullets, booze, and babes, the haunted history of Chicago and Illinois. And behold, shocking true tales of terror and some other spooky stuff. But if you're thirsty for more, I bring you true case files of a paranormal investigator and dark spirits, a man terrorized by the supernatural. But if you want to go even further, dive deep into the dark reality of haunted dolls. Check out my paranormal bestsellers, Norman, the doll that needed to be locked away, and Norman 2, the true story of a possessed doll's revenge. Available at Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and wherever fine books are sold. And 
Welcome back to the Shadow Initiative Paranormal TV with your host Stephen Lancaster and Rick Hale. Um, Stephen, we ju just wrapping up episode 21. We had some huge news where people are going to be able to listen to us at some huge websites. And we covered a lot in the show today. Yes. Great show, buddy. Yeah, I, I think so as well. And, and again, you guys out there, don't forget about ShadowInitiativeTV.com. Come October, it's getting a major facelift. You're going to have access to the podcast. You're going to have access to all the videos. So if you're watching us and you want to just listen to the shows while you're driving down the road or doing whatever, now there'll be a podcast. If you're listening to us and you want to see what we're talking about, you know where to go to watch. Or even see what we look like. I mean, you got Steven over here who's the self-proclaimed world sexiest ghost hunter. Hey, yeah. Rick, I'm liking you more and more. I know you are. <laughs> so, Rick, next week. Yes. Yeah. Next week. A buddy of yours, right, man? Let's hear, let's hear what's happening. Correct. We are going to be uh, chatting with Gary Hill. Gary Hill comes up from my neck of the woods, which is in Rockford, Illinois, which is about, you know, 30, 45 minutes or so west of here. Great guy. Puts out a lot of books. Um, he's, he's, uh, he's an editor. He's a lifelong investigator. And so we're going to be talking about his, uh, his books where I'm actually in. Um, I'm going to be in a couple of them. Where he, you know, took Yeah, he took my, stor my stories and put them in his, uh, in his book. Uh, and uh, he's, he is the owner and operator of Spooky Ventures. So, yeah, I can't wait to talk to Gary next week. He's a hell of a guy. I've been on his show a couple of times. That's what I was about to say. I've, I've watched those. I've watched mm -hmm. those because uh, I, I, well, my old Facebook, I was linked up with him. And, you know, you know, my old Facebook got hacked and I yeah. still have no access to it. Um, so, yeah, I, I caught those. So, yeah, I was going to mention that he does his own little, it's like a, like a little 15 minute thing or something like that. Am I thinking of the Correct. Same? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, just a few minutes. And, uh, you know, it's, it's really great stuff. And, uh, you know, he's. You know, Spooky Ventures, you know, I, I suggest anybody go to uh, YouTube and watch it and, you know, just look him up, Gary Hill. You're not going to find him at um, at Amazon, but you will find him, you know, on the Internet. And you could, you know, find his books, you know, Spooky Houses. Uh, he's got one that's coming out soon that's all about vampires. And it's re and what's really great is, is he mixes in these books, he mixes real cases with fictional ones, with fictional ones. So the one that I'm currently in is all about haunted houses and and uh, and, and spooky houses, and um, so there's there's fictional stories as well as nonfiction that he mixes together and you know puts out a really great product. So I can't wait to talk to him. It's going to be a good time. Yeah, I want to talk to him about what you what you just said because I've actually considered like taking like the Norman series for instance. You know, there's two mm -hmm. books out on Norman and re-releasing it all as one book. As fiction, yeah. just to see <laughs> if there would be a difference. You right, know what right. I mean? Now, now, how did you meet Gary? Have you guys investigated together, or no, not at all? Um, it, he, uh, I friended, I friended him on Facebook about six or seven months ago, and uh, you know, our friendship just took off from there. So that's uh, you know, nothing, nothing too spectacular, but yeah, he's he's put some of my stories into his books. And uh, that's, you know, pretty much it. Oh, kind of like awesome. how you and I met. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, we got Gary Hill next week, guys. Super cool guy. I've seen him. 
he's kind of got a kind of got that Albert Einstein Doc Brown thing going. Um, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll try not to make that joke. I don't know if you prepared him for me or not. You may. I have not. You may want to. I just. I just wanted to mention something else too. He also puts out a uh, a, a journal called uh, Music Street Journal, that's yeah. you know his his yeah his his reviews on uh, albums and bands and stuff like that. So we'll also talk about that. Oh well. man, I'm really looking forward to this. So we may be able to talk some music too. Yeah, we that's are. That's fantastic. I'm looking forward to this. I mean, I was looking forward to it already. Mm -hmm. So, next week, guys, special guest, Gary Hill. It's going to be interesting. We're going to be talking the paranormal. We're going to be talking music. We're just always making this show different here, Rick. We got, we got, we're, we're, we are always bringing it. Always bringing it. Yeah, you know, it's because, what do you say? We stay spooky. We stay. <laughs> oh, you just never stop, do you, Steve? <laughs> Occasionally. Occasionally. Like when I had COVID, I mean, I stopped for a while. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, next week, great show. This week, great show. And again, in October, look for us because we are literally going to be everywhere. Oh, and it's just going to build from there. There are things that Rick and I haven't even mentioned yet. But mm. it's just going to build. It's going to build. The merchandise is going to come out. We're going to make sure it's the T-shirts and stuff are ready for you guys next month. Because it's our favorite fucking month. Yep, October. <laughs> you know. I love it. The trees, have, you know what? It's 89 degrees today. But by the end of this week, it's going to be 61. I am down with that. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love that weather, man. 30 degrees. I love that. Man, 60s year-round would be ideal for me. That would be I agree. Awesome. 65. 65 on average. Well, cool, man. So, it was a great show. Guys, we will see you next week. And uh, as this new podcast endeavor and, and the Apple Music and Amazon Music and all that starts to unravel, just keep watching us on Facebook. we got our Shadow Initiative group on Facebook, and we've got the Shadow Initiative TV Facebook page. They both kind of lead to each other. So join mm -hmm. us there, and we'll, we'll keep you updated on everything. All right. All right, Stephen, great show, and thank you, everybody, for watching, and we will see you next week when we talk to Gary Hill. All right. Peace out, Shadows. Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk is also available to watch on any of your devices. Watch live or enjoy the show on your smart TVs, YouTube, or the official website at www.shadowinitiativetv.com. Watch the hosts in action as they explore the fascinating world of the paranormal. See exclusive clips, paranormal evidence, and more.